this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at what's that website, Jay? DMOUnion.com. Yes, that's our little back and forth. Completely not <laughs> planned. It's summer teen. Jay, we've got a round table. We love doing these, they're very popular with the listeners. We bring a bunch of people together and we talk about a topic. We have this. So I want to, I want to know what you're calling this one. One album wonders. I have a different name. What would you like to let's call? Say, let's take a vote. We got five people here. Okay. How about one and done bands of the '90s? Because what's a one album wonder? I've never heard of one album wonder. There's a one hit wonder. Right. Well, that's these a, are one. And, these are one and dones. One and done. I like that. I think that's the better one. We'll go around the room and ask everybody as we introduce them whether they like One Album Wonder or One and Done. So I'm going to start with our returning veteran joining us from Maine, because I'm just going to give states. <laughs> Mr. Joe Royland, welcome back. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. And I'm going to go with One and Done. I like Jay's idea. Okay, I'm going to go with that. I'm putting that vote down as One and Done. Just Joe Royland. All right, one and done gets one vote. All right, this is very scientific. Joining us also from the northeastern part of the United States, where it's probably still snowing. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, one of our patrons who who gave us a lot of comments on this episode. I said, "Come on, on and and let's talk about it." From Massachusetts, the state that provides me more misery sports-wise than any other state in the Union, Phil Fleming. Welcome, Phil. Hello. All right. So, I actually have kind of a nerdy answer to this, to the to the uh, little mini poll we have going. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, I'm a. My vote is for one and done. Okay. okay? So I'll explain why. One album wonder because I I use that phrase in the 90s for any act that only had hits from their one album the follow-up did not have any uh, as opposed to one uh, hit wonder it's one album wonder see yeah excellent sense. point one and excellent done point. he's bringing knowledge done. okay i see what you I got think there. about this stuff <laughs> way too much you do but that's you, good you, you, you think about it just enough. No, thank okay. you. Okay. <laughs> well, I think um, I think it's already two to two to zero, and <laughs> I and Jay is is three. So if I doing the math correctly, I think I think that one album wonders out. I don't even think that I can even my vote's not going to matter. Tim, I'm already editing the uh, Patreon post to change the title. Oh, sweet! Thanks. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> and finally, our next new guest. I did not ask what part of the country he's from, so I'm going to find out on the fly. Welcome, Bob Shallow. Bob, where are you from? 
I'm from Austin, Texas. I'm not, and I'm I'm cool with one and done. '90s album albums is a very catchy title, I think. And of course, everybody here's got stuff that they're doing. Which, if you go to our website, you can go to their bio page and click links. Like uh, you can go to Bob's WordPress site, uh, which is uh, I'm gonna spell it out for you: B O B S A S C H A L L A U wordpress.com where you can read articles that bob has written including or interviews that he's done uh with a number of really interesting uh folks like um richard fortis from guns and roses and uh scott wyland late scott wyland so lots of perry yeah joe perry um bumblefoot and a couple others yeah and then uh phil yes DJ at WMFO Tufts. Medford. You got to you got to say it without any consonant on the back end, right? Mefa? Is it uh? Mefa, yeah. <laughs> and then Joe, uh are you still doing sit and spin or is that on hiatus? I am. It's okay. it's it's kind of on hiatus, but I'm I'm getting back around into the groove of it. Okay. It's back. It's not just sitting. It's back to spinning as well. Hopefully soon. Yes. Good. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about one and done albums and bands from the '90s and artists. It can be artists, not just bands. Um, but only one record came out during the 1990s. We're going to talk about a number of different topics that cover this. Uh, roundtable one-off we like to do series of roundtables and then we like to do these one-offs like one hit wonders and and side projects and super groups of the 90s and all these different uh one-off topics this is one of our this one was voted on via our patrons uh if you join us at the ten dollar level or at the was it 1950 is that right jay that's where you get to vote on roundtables which uh, every month, there's two different polls to pick our roundtables. There's topic, uh, you know, broad, like whether we're doing a, a, a series or a or a wild card, I call it, and then what that topic's going to be for that particular month. So, without further ado, let's go around the room and talk about underappreciated and overlooked one-and-done albums that deserve more recognition. These are records where you thought, you know, they, they slid under the radar when, when they first came out. They don't get a lot of pub. They're not making anybody's top ten one-and-dones. You know, they're not up there with, like, the Sex Pistols and Derek and the Dominoes and, and those records, but they're really good records and they deserve to be heard. So, give me one, Joe, that deserves more recognition from the 90s. Uh, it's one I've mentioned before, and, and and you guys have covered. It's the Rochambeau by the Greys. Oh, yeah, love that record. We have love we've, it. Just I didn't even record. We've done twenty six episodes that were one and done bands. I was gonna say uh, a lot of the things that are on my list here are all shows you guys have done so far. Yep. Same here. Same here. <laughs> and that, of course, yep. is the um, super group with John Bryan and. Jason, Jason Faulkner. Faulkner. Oh, man. Buddy Judge and Dan McCarroll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was such a great album. I discovered yeah. that one in the last five years. And then I heard 
the the uh, the DMO review of it, and oh, it's just such a great record. <laughs> so, Phil, what's your pick? Uh, this one, this one definitely flew under the radar, and uh, I, I really liked it, and it, and it was it was progressive and everything. The uh, the self titled album from Deconstruction with uh, Dave Navarro and um, Eric Avery of Jane's Addiction. Yeah, I like vaguely remember that record, Bob. I think you included that on your list that you wrote for the article, right? Yeah, yeah I, I just checked it. I thought it was an interesting album. I don't think it has any sing-along choruses or anything like that. Oh, but God, it's no. A, no. It, it, it's a very experimental. And, and Dave Navarro, I didn't know until recently, he actually sings on a few of the tracks as well as uh, Eric Avery. Interesting. It, yeah, so inter- it's, and it's a good album. So, two choices from 1994 so far. Mm. <laughs> so, Bob... Is that your pick, or do you have a different pick for an? Uh... I'm gonna go with actually a covers band that is the called the Replicants. That is basically yes. in, ah, yes. in a yes. failure com- combination with Paul D'Amour from who's the original bass player from Tool, and uh, Chris. I can't remember his last name. Who's the Guns N' Roses uh, keyboard player? Chris Pullman, I think his name was, and it's just really obscure covers that they basically make failureized and it's really every song is is choice and some of the songs i've never heard until i i got this and uh even when i hear the originals for say t-rex i just i uh, can't help but think of the replicants version when i'm listening to it yeah that's a cool record good pick. Uh, love that album Jay, what do you have for a, an album, a one and done that deserves more recognition? Oh, there's so many. Yeah. Um, let me see here. I don't want to repeat myself, so I'm going to try to pick one. I'm not going to repeat somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Angelfish, mm. uh, album we reviewed. Mm, yeah. So okay. uh, Shirley Manson's band before Garbage. A um, little bit like gothy 80s alternative um edgy great uh great playing on the record too it's just a really good band i, I like yeah. her without all the digital stuff going on all the time you can really just understand like her as an artist i think in, in ways i didn't haven't in garbage so yeah I, I love that record um and uh i think it's it's worth going back and, and checking out and i wish they would have made another one yeah great record what- yeah, that was produced by uh, Chris and Tino Talking Heads too. So, oh, there's that going for it. <laughs> hmm. That is a great album. This is Bob, and that's actually how they discovered uh, Shirley Manson. I think it was Butch Vig saw her on 120 Minutes, yeah. and gave her gave her a call because of that, and got her in the band. <laughs> wow. 
That, that is the legend. Uh, so my pick is Lusk Free Mars. Uh, this is the uh, when Paul D. Moore left Tool. This was the band he formed with Greg Edwards and Brad, Brad Laner of Medicine, along with some other folks playing this record. We just reviewed this like a year or so ago. It's a very interesting record. It's it's like progressive without being progressive, if, if that's a thing, where it sounds like a progressive rock record, but it's not complicated in the way that like Dream Theater or something would be. And it's very orchestral in places and... It's just a weird, interesting, really cool record that um, I think kind of slipped under the radar, and I, I hope more people will check it out. So let's go to our patrons and say find out what they had to say about some picks. Um, Chris Martz, he had some interesting ones for uh, that I had never heard of, and maybe some of you guys have heard of them. Um, he said, Kiss It Goodbye was the band with a record called She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. Um, and then uh, a band called Dead Guys uh, with a band called, or the, the album was called Fixation on a Coworker. Um, and then another one was called Kill Holiday with uh, the album called Somewhere Between the Wrong is Right. And uh, I sampled Kissing Goodbye and Dead Guys. And they were It was sort of like thrash- uh, metalish sounding, whereas Kill Holiday was a bit more just alternative rock. A- any of you guys familiar with any of those records? Kiss a Goodbye, Dead Guy, or or Kill Holiday? I cannot say I am. Me either. Nope. All right, Chris stumped us all. <laughs> yeah. People think people think there's no records for for us left to review. I know. <laughs> um. He also had Texas is the reason, yep. which we were covered. Okay. Mm. As well as Cap and Jazz's full length, um, which is relevant to uh, the episode on Promise Ring that we just did because Davey Von mm-hmm. Dolan was in Cap and Jazz right. before he. That's right. Promise Ring was actually a side project of Cap and Jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also had um, some other. Oh, no, that's not. Uh, that one came out in the 2000s, Sky Corvair. So that's not uh, relevant to us. It'll be in the 2000s <laughs> podcast. There uh, you go. So let's move on to our next category, which is one album wonders that may have actually had some buzz at the time. Like you remember, like oh okay, this is this record's going to be like interesting. I'm I'm I can't wait to check this out. But then for whatever reason, it just disappeared, and people just forgot about it now i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about so the, the early 90s everybody was like into um living color and you know they had a string of singles and you know popular popular band Corey glover put out a solo record which i remember getting like yeah being written about and then just nothing happened after that i don't he hasn't put out another solo record Jay and I reviewed it. We liked it. Uh, it's it's an interesting combination of styles. It, Corey Glover getting into, you know, like R and B and funk on some songs, and but it still has you know a guitar rock edge to a lot of it. So, uh, actually, actually, Corey Glover did put out another solo record, but it wasn't until about three years ago, and it was a total pledge music thing. 
Oh. So it wasn't like a big release or anything. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I had no idea. And there was a recent Living Color album last year? Yeah. Yeah. Called Shade. Yeah. So maybe my example is not perfect because <laughs> of that 2012 release that I just discovered. Um, so, Bob, let me ask you. What is an example of a of an album, a one and done record that had some buzz but then just faded out? We've all heard of it uh, in this discussion, but talk show they pushed that, I but it went nowhere. That that was the uh, yeah. STP minus yeah. Scott with a uh, a guy I actually knew from when I lived in Long Beach, Dave Coots, but um, he just didn't have. You know what Scott had basically in terms of skate stage presence, and it, it didn't go. They pushed the heck out of it. I, I heard from someone in the know, but it just didn't get on the radio. Didn't get played, unfortunately. It's a good album. It's, I have an autographed copy, but uh, it just didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. And they went back to STP, of course. Right, right. Much like Scott Weiland's solo album. Exactly. <laughs> they both bombed, so they went back together, as is what the story was. <laughs> But it's still a really good album. I still listen to it. Talk show. Phil, what what's the record that you uh, think? As, as far as you know, being big and buzzy, yeah, the talk the talk show album was was it was the one that came to mind. Um, but I, yeah, I just it, I remember it was getting it like the day it came out and thinking it was good. But it, I mean, it's basically. Okay, a, a slightly happier STP? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> and and uh, I mean, the single was this the 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 um, hello hello single was was decent, and there's there's still some good there's some good songs on there. It's just it I could totally see why it fell flat. It was just way too similar to the parent band, right? Um, and uh, I mean, they even toured with Aerosmith, and it still didn't didn't generate any buzz or anything like that. Yeah, it was, it was slightly disappointing in that respect, but it was a decent record. Yeah, I love that album. Is that your yeah, pick as well? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> me or no? Uh, actually, um, my pick is uh, another uh, jellyfish-related thing: uh, Imperial Drag. Another mm-hmm. band you guys have covered on the show. Mm-hmm. There definitely was there was definitely buzz when that album first came out. I mean, I remember getting an advanced copy of the record, and then getting the album uh, and and the Sony rep coming in when I was working in the music store at the time, and just like be you know hyping them up. Uh, the video for Boy or Girl was getting airplay on MTV. The song was actually getting airplay on alternative radio, uh, and then it just kind of didn't do anything, you know. Um, uh, but people who know that album still love that record, but most people have never heard of it. Right. Phil, I forgot. To, so was Talk Show your choice also, Phil, or did you have a different one? Yeah. Yeah. I, talk Show was my choice because, uh, I mean, I just I kept thinking of the, like, what are the one album, one, one album uh, bands in the 90s that had a big buzz going on and just it just right went after about two months and you oh, said you oh, saw I... things in the bargain bin you know oh sure i got you... another one jay's got him 
<laughs> what do you got there, Jay? Jay's got uh, <laughs> a little album called Coverdale Page. Um, uh, pretty much yes. took over record stores, took over MTV. Tons of hype. John Kaladner put it together. Um, it they released a lot of singles, um, and got some initial buzz, but it fizzled fast to the point where they canceled the tour in the U.S. Mm. and did some shows in Japan and pretty much called it a day. Um, so you had the biggest, one of the biggest uh, artists of the '70s and the biggest artists of the '80s come together and uh, really went nowhere. That that particular record was half of a great album for me. I mean, the the like the first half was "Shake My Tree" and um, was it "Pride and Joy" was the big yep. single. Yeah, and, and "Take Me for a Little While." "Take Me for a Little While." Those those had great singles, but it was just clear that the only thing the only reason this thing existed was to piss off robert plant (laughs) (laughs) it worked it It worked yeah it worked for about four years who actually put out a really good solo album that same year uh, uh, no no uh, fate of nations which was probably the most that was 95 93 both of them were 93, summer 93. Oh, no, wait. Manic Nirvana was 90. Sorry. Yep. And uh, <laughs> it was, the, you know, that was, he had a really great band. He had Francis Dunry on guitar. He had Kevin McMichael, who would played in um, Cutting Crew. Oh, yeah. And yeah, they, they were both the two guitarists on that band. And it was it was a really good album. And some of the tracks was probably the closest he got to doing a, a really good Zeppelin-sounding record. And same thing. It did. It, 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 Sold okay, but not great, you know. Yeah, I I have a really embarrassing uh, a story about how I learned about uh, who Nirvana was. So I guess it must have been 1990 in the cafeteria, and the kid sits next to me. And he's like, "Hey, have you heard the new uh, this new album, Nirvana?" I was like, "Yeah, the Robert Plant album. Yeah, I've heard that." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's really good." I was like, "Yeah, I like it too." Like, so we're both just you know. Really love it. He's talking about Nirvana, and I'm talking about Manic Nirvana. Nice. <laughs> um, as far as an album that came out with some buzz that d- disappeared quickly, um, and it's not to uh, you know judge the quality of the record, but um, when I was working at the radio station in college, Loud Lucy's album Breathe 
had like three singles that were pushed to our radio station, maybe because we were Midwest and they were on MTV and they were a Chicago band and Chicago bands were hot. You know, you had Urge Overkill and Smashing Pumpkins and Fruit Assault and all these bands. And they just like disappeared like within a couple, you know, I think they probably toured a little bit behind the record, but I have no idea what happened with that band. And they just, it just, and I still like that record. We haven't, we've never gotten around to it, but maybe someday it'll end up in a poll or somebody will end up picking it. But it's just, it's a catchy little, I, it reminded me a little of like Johnny Polanski's debut album or something like that. Ah, mm-hmm. okay. Because it, I don't remember that in the Northeast. And I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe I can get some backup here. But uh, Loud Lucy got nothing in the Northeast. It got a little I, bit of play up here. Okay, yeah, nothing in Boston. And I, I would see that copies of that CD pretty much in the bargain bin almost immediately. Yep. Yeah. So it. I mean, I I haven't checked it out myself yet, but I I just I remember seeing that that cover and and it just being seemingly everywhere for two ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about a few comments on the uh, Patreon page. Um, so Mike Bond said i have just spent way too much time going through my record collection and cross-checking the facts with wikipedia um he posted a couple of records that did actually have follow-ups but um one is uh the self-titled album by dim stars anybody familiar with dim stars i remember i think i remember reading it in cmj but that's about it probably have that cd somewhere i've I've got all the other ones we've talked about so far sadly (laughs) (laughs) and then a band called k which is spelled c-a-y and their their album is called nature creates freaks i heard this single on on spotify only the single which is the self which is the um title track is on spotify which is weird uh none of the rest of the record is but uh i'm guessing that's also one that nobody's (laughs) familiar with nope okay uh and then also so i just want to mention uh scott witt or no sorry that's scott Hallgram said that mad season album is terrible mad season oh. you go to hell you go to hell and die <laughs> yeah i i replied to that didn't i yes um we might get to that eventually yeah well i mean i there was there was considerable hype to that record too. There was, but it, uh, I I don't know. I that one also kind of half of a great record. I mean, I I think I even posted on the Patreon uh, comment that it was it had so many slow slow songs that it could just kind of dragged for its you know over fifty minute running time. I liked uh, Keith Badgey's uh, comment, River of Deceit is a masterpiece, but an entire album of River of Deceit is too much. (laughs) I should have said that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We we reviewed it. I think we both liked it, right, Tom? We did. I think think that album suffered for being released at the time it was, and people wanted an entire album 
that sounded like, well, what would Alice in Chains sound like if it was combined with Screaming Trees? And yeah. they got nothing with like that. Pearl Jam's lead guitar player. Yeah, right and Pearl yeah, Jam. Right. Oh, this is going to be amazing. And they wanted to make a very quiet, chill, right? you know, yeah, it didn't work. Me- so, Meanwhile, yeah. if it had a couple more I don't know anythings in it, I thought it would have been a lot better. <laughs> there you go, which is a very Alice in Chains sounding song. Yeah. Um, so we talked about one and dones that had some buzz and then maybe they got lost. And, and it doesn't mean that the quality of the record wasn't good. It just means for whatever happened, they just they just disappeared. There are also the albums that had a lot of buzz because of maybe people who were involved in super groups or side projects or solo records. And then they came out and you're like, oh, this is not good. This is this is this is trash. Um, example would be uh, I, I remember this from Neil Schmidt, who has been a guest on this program. He uh, Jay and I have known him for yeah. probably 20 years now. Uh, the Seahorses album, which is John Squire leaving. Oh, yeah. leaving uh, That's that one of my two. The I have Roses. two. That's one of them. Yeah. Uh, he, he said that is there's one good song and the rest of that album is absolute garbage. And um, I remember that, you know, coming out and like that. Album, we got posters at the studio. I mean, that was a big deal that it was John Squire from Stone Roses. And this is his new project. And yeah. And man, is that record not good? Um, Love is the Law well, has it, a cool guitar riff. Yeah. And then that's it, not... It, it. That whole thing sounded rushed. Yeah, it just... Mm-hmm. It, it sounds very basic. It sounds like just sort of jangly three chords like, and throwing some riffs over top of it. It's not, it's not yeah. at all inventive uh, no. in the way that he was with Stone Roses. Stone Roses, yeah. So, Joe... Since you only have one other option, I'm going to start with you so that <laughs> you can tell us what that is. Uh, the other one was Burning Tree, which uh, there was a bit of buzz of it because Mark Ford had just joined the Black Crows. And I was I'm like, oh, cool. I like this guy's sound on the Black Crows Southern Harmony Musical Opinion. I want to check this album out. And it just didn't do anything for me. Yeah, kind of sounds like that Archangels record if it was not as good. <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far. I love that Archangels album. No, no, no so. I mean, I would say like the Archangels <laughs> record is good in it, but it's like a a B level version of that record. Uh, I would say it's like a D level version of that Ooh, record. Wow! <laughs> Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bob, what's your pick for a, a a one and done that fell flat for you? Um, I would, 
I don't know. I only remember one song from. Was the Archangels the '90s? I, I know that was '92. Yeah, but they, okay. they did have another I album. I only remember one song oh, they did? from that. I, yep. I remember four songs from Mad Season, so I'd have to go with Archangels because I just don't know the album. I never bought it. Well, I, I thought they had another record in the 2000s, but it was that They like... released a live album oh, okay. that had four new tracks on it. Okay, so it's not technically a new album, so that, so that, yeah. that qualifies. All right, so Jay and I kind of dug that record. I think more for the... For the um, Charlie Sexton songs than the uh, Doyle Brand Yeah, the Hall Doyle Brand Hall songs, yeah. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, Phil, what's your pick for a, a, a big record that fell flat for you? Well, it, I mean, it didn't fall flat, but it was just, it, it was just kind of forgettable. Um, the Rockfords. Yeah. Um, it was basically goodness with Mike McCready and, uh, goodness. Another, I think they didn't, they never made a second record, but, um, yeah, the Rockfords would, it just seemed like, you know, Mike McCready decided to join goodness and, oh, now suddenly Epic Records wants to put out the album and, and they got Nancy Wilson of Hard to write and sing a song on it. And I don't know, it just, it, it, I wouldn't say completely fell flat. There was a couple of decent things that would pop out, but just after it finished playing, you're just, okay, what I listen to, I guess I may have to play it again, but you find that you find yourself in that kind of, it, nothing stood out basically. Yes. I, I remember being completely <laughs> underwhelmed by that record. Yep. I mean, decent playing, decent yep. singing, everyone, every, everything was just, you know, la, 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 and then you forget about it. Yep. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Jay, what's your fell flat one and done? Um, uh, so I had talk show. Um, that was my fell flat. I had big, big, big expectations for that. Um it's uh, it worked better for me at the time. It did not age well. Um, and then Burning Tree, I've I've tried many times to get into that record because it seems like something I should like, and I just don't connect with it as much as I think I'm going to. Um, I, I just the one most controversial would be Hater. Uh, you can go listen to our review of that record. I just did not get that record, and um, that's not uh, done. Oh, it's not. They had a second no. record. It didn't they come did. out for another like fifteen years, but yeah, <laughs> there was a second record. Well, I'm flipping the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, flip the table. Uh, I'm going with the Neurotic Outsiders because I find that unlistenable. Um, I tried to try to get into it back then. I just don't like Steve Jones. I don't know what it is. I just I don't like him. I I wouldn't I would leave it leave the table if he sat down there next to me. <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Well I, I already flipped I, the I, table, so he wouldn't be able to sit at it. That's true, you yeah. did, so the table's not in, in play. I, I wouldn't be that hard. No. Um I actually liked that neurotic outsiders record. I um Oh my god, the lyrics of every everyone that was playing on it. Yeah. I mean I liked them individually. 
I mean, but it, that that was just definitely one of those records where, yeah, I'm kind of glad there wasn't a second record because <laughs> where would you have gone with that kind of thing? But right. Yeah, that was one for me where, like, considering all the people involved in it, it did, to me, it just fell flat, too. It was like, oh, okay. Eh, it's all right, you know. Uh, a couple more comments from our Patreon page. John Seaman said, as a young guitar player, I really got into that Pride and Glory album. Love Zach's playing, songwriting, and guitar riffing. Um, he said he recently got into the Neurotic Outsiders album. Another one off band was Liars, Inc., their only official release, Super Jaded. Um, there's some great songs off that record. Uh, they did have a, a second album, but it was never officially released. Like, the promo was sent out, and then it never got released. Which mm. is interesting. Um, and then... I don't remember that record at all, but... The Pride and Glory record. Um, and then Jim Lazowski says, obviously, Jeff Buck- Buckley is tops from this list without a doubt but i'm a huge fan of the new radicals record singer songwriter greg alexander has done a lot of great engineering and production including some quality songs for the film begin again with mark ruffalo um and then he also mentioned that he appreciated the loud lucy record ian wobble bob you'll appreciate this he said lauren hill never followed up her album that she is still working on um that one dips pretty far outside of our uh, yeah (laughs) That's kind of outside of our rock, uh, for the most part. Yes. Uh, our uh, our mission statement here. So I mean, occasionally we get out of the out of that loop, but um, that is a fine record. I actually own it on vinyl. If she ever puts that out, I mean, it's Chinese Democracy Part Two, I guess at this point. So, <laughs> I was, yeah. was going to say <laughs> exactly. I love that record. Uh, let's I say that I I was also disappointed in the New Radicals record. I thought the songs were good, but a lot of them went on way too long. <laughs> like they made their point and then went on for another two minutes. That's that's how I felt about it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Greg Alexander seems to be one of these guys that you just can't stay with one thing. Like he did that album with Danielle Grisois, and because mm. I think they were dating at the time, and then yeah. the New Radicals, he had a solo record, and then New Radicals came out, and then he's working with this person, and then he's working with that person, and he just can't seem to keep one thing going. He just always seems to have to be on to the next thing. Right. Yeah, that's kind of why he basically folded the band after they had a hit, because he knew he was going to get sick of playing the hit. <laughs> right. Let's talk about the albums, the one and dones that you most wanted to have a follow up. Doesn't mean it's your favorite record, but you're like, it could be an album where you're like, man, the band was really close on that first one. I really would have loved to have heard a second record so that we could, you know, find out what they were capable of. Joe, I'm going to start with you. What is a one and done that you most want to have a follow up record? I'm gonna. I got two for this because I couldn't narrow it down to one. Uh, one was the Laws, and the closest you got to like kind of a follow up of that was Cast. Um, but it would have been great to hear another Laws album because that's I love that record. And uh, the other one was a band that you covered way early on in the early days of Dig Me Out. And that's the group Luster. They had like that one album. Love that record, and then they never got to do a follow up. That's a good pick. 
That's a good pick. Um, I just want to point out that Whitney Bueller is live uh, commenting because this is our, our, our live broadcast exclusively for our patrons. They can hear us as we're recording and then we edit it and post it for everybody else. He said, I don't care what Jay says. Talk shows a good album. <laughs> so, so he's he's siding with uh, the folks who who picked that one. Bob, tell me an album that you would love for there to be a follow up from or for uh, for a one and done. Sure, I wish you know in the time frame that there was that there could have been a Temple of the Dog follow up. I know oh, that they, yeah. they had a reunion, mm. but unfortunately, the members of that band are now called Pearl Jam minus. Uh, Chris Cornell, it's never going to happen. But right. they, they did do a reunion, mm. I, I think, uh, show a one-off. But that's just a great album that it just sums up the one-off. That you know, now now Matt Cameron has been Pearl Jam's drummer for twenty years or whatever. But it's you know, it's never going to happen. But it, it's great that they got to do that show. But uh, its it, second album would have been great in its time. Yeah. Phil, what's your <laughs> what's your pick? All right, I actually have two. Um, one of them has been mentioned before. Uh, that's the Imperial Drag. Also, record. Whitney Beeler's pick. He just let yes, us know. I I loved that record, and there was a follow up planned. They had a whole crapload of songs, but they could not agree on a direction, so they ultimately just ended the band. Eric Dover and uh, Roger Manning. Um, they just decide to end the band instead of fight over a direction. Um, And another one, the other one is uh, one you've recently covered. And uh, thanks to Dig Me Out, I actually hunted down the album, uh, the Finney Scad. Oh, yeah. I I was listening to that and and I couldn't help but think, you know, because that album came out in 98 was yeah. it 98 yeah and uh i just thought oh well if it came out a three years earlier and b had a slight remix for us it would have been a big hit and i mean i know the band folded probably like two months after the album came out but yeah uh, I, that that would have been a band that i could have seen do a lot more <laughs> Jay, what do you got? I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. This band put an EP out, um, but I can't go the show without mentioning them and wondering what a f- 
true full length out follow up album to Apple by Mother Love Bone would have been like um yes yeah right so I mean it changes the history uh of this of every of this show of the nineties of music if that band continues um I would love to see what Andrew would would have matured into um yeah and just see where the band yeah. went with the second record oh absolutely yeah oh yeah well apple i agree 1990 yep so yeah oh that that would have been a great great (laughs) follow-up yeah jay i'm shocked because i thought you would have gone with one of the great one album wonders I, I said I'm spacing my albums out, so because <laughs> because the one I want to hear because it's such a crazy record, it's life, sex, and death. Oh, oh that's on my list. Yes, LSD. I want to oh, know man. what's going to happen next <laughs> to <laughs> that band. Oh. Just for the sheer out of control nature of the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that would have been great. And I kind of had a third one, but the album, the the one and done album, was released in two thousand. Unfortunately, oh. was um, Fifty Eight's Diet for a New America. Hmm. Hmm. Not familiar with that. Fifty Eight. Uh, it, it 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 was a long brewing project, but the album only finally came out in like May of 2000. Uh, it was uh, Nikki Six from Motley Crue decided oh. who he decided to do a band that had nothing to do with Motley Crue. So <laughs> it, it, it was it was experimental, and there was like th- hip hop thrown in there, and there's a strange cover of Alone Again Naturally. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and like there's some industrial stuff and some rock stuff and just like a lot of creativity went into it and i would have loved to have seen that go further but he had to go you know back to motley Crue and singing girls 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 so (laughs) (laughs) i remember the like the buzz leading up to that and then did it come out yeah, it, it did on on uh, Nikki Six's label distributed by BMG, uh, okay. okay, and it, it was. It, I mean, it had zero promotion behind it, and <clears throat> but it it was it was a it's it was a just fun kind of creative record from somebody known for you know you know hair metal, yeah. so <laughs> hmm. yeah. I mean, it, but that, but again, it was released in 2000. So right. Uh, this is the big one now, folks. We're going to talk about our favorite one and done album of the decade. This doesn't have to be the biggest record, but it's one that you think, man, they just they nailed it on this record. I love going back to it, telling people about it. Phil, I'm going to start with you. What yeah. is your favorite one and done album of the 1990s? Oh, uh, I, I gotta say, Imperial Drag. I I loved every minute of that record. Um, and uh, 
and the grays it's the grays just the sheer songwriting alone on that one is worth it for anybody to hear um all right yeah it 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 kind of breaks my heart that both of those did virtually nothing yeah i mean jay and i revisited both and it's yeah hard to figure out but yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) bob what is your pick for your favorite one and done of the 90s Without a doubt, it's uh, Jeff Buckley's Grace. I, I have all these albums that are my favorite one-and-dones, and every song, all ten of them, Mojo Pin, Grace, Last Goodbye, I know the, the words to all of them. I I probably didn't hear it until after he drowned, unfortunately, but I I really love that album. Uh, his posthumously released one, My Sweetheart the Drunk, is, is really good as, as well. But uh, during his lifetime, Grace was the only one that was released, and I, I just every song of that album I really like. And it's such a unique record. There's nothing yeah. like it. I think that's why it's it's such a special moment. Especially the time it came out too. It like influenced so much stuff that came after it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It might. It could possibly be the most influential one and done of the decade i mean i can't i can't think of another record Definitely. that's quite as influential as that in terms of i mean that changed music in so many different ways even bands that were like uh of the time you know like tom york of radiohead was influenced by that record as it was coming you know mm-hmm. as they were get it, listening to it as it came out so muse as well definitely oh, muse, yeah, you wouldn't definitely. have you wouldn't have ours. You wouldn't have Vast. Uh, you know, like all these other bands, that, people who are, are influenced by Buckley's singing style. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely with Muse and ours. Mm-hmm. Joe, what's your pick? <sighs> oh, it's so hard, man, because there's so many great ones. You know, to try and narrow it down to one. I mean, I I could name any of the albums I've already picked. Because uh, I go back to them all again and again, you know, Temple of the Dog, uh, The Greys, Imperial Drag, um, The Laws. But I'm, you know what? I'm. It's been brought up earlier, but I'm going to go with Archangels because I go back to that album again and again and again. Uh, it took me forever to finally track down a copy of it on vinyl, and I, I love that album. So that's probably, if I have to pick one, just because I've named all these other ones, I'm going to name that just because I haven't used it yet. <laughs> interesting. I would not see that coming. Yeah. It's an interesting pick. All right, Jay, what's your pick? Favorite one well, and done? You took my thunder. I was, I was building up to this one. Life, Sex, and Death, Silent Majority. Okay. Uh, it meets all the criteria that you had. Like, I just... It's one of those records I just always want to turn people on to and just um, go back to and relive. And seeing them live was an amazing experience. Uh, the couple times I was able to see them live and just bizarre record that no one else will be able to do. Like it just it doesn't make like it had to be a time and a place and just this really weird amalgamation of everything that was going on. It could have um, only happened then. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was going to pick them as my, you know, the band that um, have a follow up, but there's some, I think what I love about it 
personally is the mystique around it as well. And if they would have done a follow up, I don't know if it would have been the same. Kind of the 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 it burning fast and the band, you know, kind of disappearing into obscurity, and then all the stories and uh, uh, lore around Stanley and oh yeah, what he, his character and it kind of adds to it that the fact that they only did one record. So, um, in a way, I, yeah, I would love to hear more music from the band, but there's a weird um, uh, aspect to it for me that uh, it might benefit from it being a one and done as well. So, because they can't screw it up, it's perfect. You know, it's perfect, right. and there's no there's no other material out there to to say uh, you know to to kind of uh, say it wasn't that good because it is what it is. So, yeah, huge fan of that that album. So there are a lot of options. Most of them have been mentioned: Mother Love Bone, uh, Temple of the Dog. Uh, but I like some of the more obscure stuff. Um, I, I wrestled with this because there's a couple records that we've reviewed that have always been on my like favorite records of the decade, whether they were one and done or not. Uh, one is the Luster album that uh, we reviewed way back in season one, like first or. <clears throat> third episode or something like that it's a really cool guitar rock record in the vein of like a dinosaur jr um but i'm going with an an album that i tracked down a japanese vinyl press of it because i was so obsessed with this record it was having it on cd wasn't enough i got a double vinyl from across the world and that is pusher man's album floored which if you haven't heard it it's sort of like oasis with the verve with a ton of heroin and <laughs> some crazy harmonica playing and it's just a big loud double guitar drugged out crazy brit pop record that i absolutely love it's all the dials are peaking it's super loud and um i probably am i'm i'm biased because i got to see them live in a small club uh, when they did like their one U.S. tour, so always loved that band and um, that record is awesome, and I push it as much as possible when I talk to people about it. So that's my pick. Stop being a pusher man for pusher man. Yeah, I know exactly. Mm. <laughs> I have like now I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look this up now. <laughs> yeah, I, I just it's on I streaming. It's on streaming. It is okay. Yeah. Yeah, if if you like that big brash early oasis sound, thought I'd like these songs to be eight minutes long and half as fast. Uh, that's that's what that <laughs> that's what that record sounds like. Which sounds like I'm talking negatively about it, but it's actually like really cool if you're in the right space for it. So uh, a couple other ones that we have reviewed that I want to mention: uh, Handsome. I'm surprised that that record didn't come up. That's right. a really good record. Oh, yeah. Uh, Summer Camp's album, Pure Juice. Ah, oh, there we go. That's yep. a good one. Uh, we also have done uh, Horse, Happens Twice. It's a, uh, a, a favorite album of Jay's, I know. Uh, the album Ling by Seed. Anybody yep. remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh. I got that record. I, have that. I saw them live. Uh, a record I'm a, I'm a fan of we haven't done yet, but I'm hoping that we get to it is Mind Bomb. Anybody yes, I have that too. That one you need some. That one's a good one. Yeah. Yep. I got that on CD. Yeah. Yeah. What was the other one I was gonna? Oh, we did uh, Plexi's album "Cheer Up," which was 
a very early interview that Jay and I did with multiple multiple members of the band. Um, interesting record, sort of a glammy hard rock, alternative rock combo thing that works and really well in some places and okay in others. But <laughs> crazy delay guitar on that record. Yeah. Uh, NY Loose is a band we reviewed that was a one and done that I liked a lot. I don't think you liked it as much, but I thought They're it was not a, a really one good. And done. What are you talking about? They had a second record. No, that doesn't count. I looked at it. What? Yeah. It has like the same songs on it. Okay. <laughs> and Gary Sunshine's on it, so it doesn't count. <laughs> From he's not on it. So. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> There's a couple of you. Um, I don't think you well I had a couple that I, I don't think you guys did. You, you guys didn't review Star Club yet, did you? No, no. From 1990, that's a, a favorite of mine. Um, their drummer went on to be the drummer for Oasis, but they were like pre Britpop by about three years. Um, but a great, great album. Um, and uh, the other band was a one-off, like kind of supergroup called Color Sound. And it was basically Mike Peters of the Alarm fronting the cult instead of Ian Asbury. I had not heard of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I had always heard about that band at the time. And and it was like you read about what um, uh, what the the, uh, cult were up to. Yeah, it it just made it under the wire in like 1999. Depending on like which country you got it in, um, it was either 99 or 2000. But they did the one album... And it was pretty good at all. Pretty much, it's exactly what you would think it would sound like, you know. And they also did like one alarm tune and one cult song. I think they did uh, "She Sells Sanctuary" with Mike Peters singing it, and then uh, what was the alarm song they did? "Strength," maybe if I remember right. But the the album as a whole was really good. Uh, and then on the flip side, Ian Asbury had one album not with the holy barbarian holy barbarian yeah which you covered yeah which we've done i'm i that i thought that might come up on this uh episode but uh because that had some push behind it i saw them uh in 96 when that out when that came out like that summer at a on a buzzard fest in cleveland you know (laughs) multiple band day long excursion yeah. with uh with many other 90s uh bands that uh are well known so yeah if people have other ones other one and dones that we didn't mention please in the comments tell us about them because we made a big list but i'm sure we missed some so let us know what what else was out there and we'll have a Spotify playlist, and when you mention them, I'll add more music to that Spotify playlist so we can have this gigantic one-and-done uh, playlist for people to check out. Most of our uh, roundtables have a Spotify playlist of some sort to go along with them. So... You know what else is on Spotify? What, Jay? This podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just search Dig Me Out, and you can subscribe right there on, on uh, Spotify and listen to the playlists and just never leave Spotify. That's right. <laughs> Ever. It's the whole ecosystem. You can get your lunch from there, too. You can just order it via Spotify Eats. Coming soon. 
<laughs> I would. That's like one of those onion articles that ends up being true. I know. Oh no, no, God, no. <laughs> or the hard times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we need to thank our our guests who joined us on this particular Sunday evening, uh, Joe, Phil, and Bob. Thank you all for taking some time out. Not only for doing this, but I'm sure there was prep time and in, in ahead of time, uh, and so we greatly appreciate it getting ready for this episode and then taking part. And uh, you're all welcome back, of course. Oh, this was so much fun. Uh, it was, yes. Thank you, Sim. I enjoyed this, Bob. Awesome. Hey, Whitney Abuler jumped in with his favorite one and done. I can't believe you missed it, Tim. What? Human radio. No, we it's not a one and done. Oh, yeah. I, I commented, it's not a one and done. They put not it on record like two or three years ago. You're breaking his heart. I told him that. I left him. <laughs> I'm fighting for you, Whitney. I'm fighting for you. Tim's just, he's a hard ass on this stuff. <laughs> I'm just following the premise of the episode. It's not I'm being a hard ass about it. I'm just literally just following the premise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like if they hadn't come out with an album a couple of years ago, I would have said Bash and Pop would have been on my list. But oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't too impressed with that one. But I mean, eh, it is what it is. <laughs> we should do an episode. It's called "Should Have Been One and Done," where they had an amazing. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! An amazing debut, <laughs> and then totally. That ruined it after that. Twenty-seven people on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who needed uh. in utero? No, I'm just kidding. That's not. I know. I know. That's. Not the, I know. Never mind. Isn't the first record. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I need to remind everyone. First of all, I should have said this at the top. Welcome to Charlie Z, our new seven-dollar patron. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie's got a t-shirt coming out to him. I'll have to get a size. After, after uh, three months of membership, he gets a t-shirt. Next month, he'll have a sticker going out to him. And he'll be voting in our polls and taking part in the conversation over at, what's that website, Jay? DMOUnion.com. That's right. And if you like what you heard, please consider leaving us some positive feedback over at iTunes. So for Jay, I'm Tim. We are out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Thanks for listening. To support the podcast, visit www.patreon.com forward slash digmeout and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages, as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com. 